Welcome to Toronto Rock Total Access, Mike Hancock along with Colin Doyle, and we are pumped, are we excited, are we happy to be back, I don't know what, maybe all of the above all of here, them. Yeah. as uh, we're coming off a big East Division semifinal win over the Georgia Swarm, 16-14 on Monday night, part of the Monday night doubleheader lacrosse action that we saw here in the NLL playoffs, and now we're off to Buffalo for the East Division Championship game on Saturday night. Bank Center, but let's first talk about Monday night's game, Georgia Swarm, Toronto Rock. Actually, first, you know what? Here, let's just, before we actually get into the details of the game, we talked about Monday night lacrosse. What did you think of playoff games on Monday night? How did you, did you stay up to watch both no, games? No, no, not at all. I didn't even see the end of the Rock game. I, five or six minutes ago, I think I turned it off. You know, just, uh, you know, it was my, in the back. You missed. So no, I go. I was you tired. Some anxious and I, moments. I was dealt with. I was dealing with kids who needed to okay. be, you know, in bed and stuff, and uh, so I didn't. I didn't see the need to glue, be glued to the TV. But yeah, when I came back and saw the final score and what had happened late, I see that they put up a little fight at the end. But uh, what did I think? For me, as an avid lacrosse fan, and lacrosse being, you know, a big part of my life, yeah, it was no, no big deal. It yeah, was, it was great. Yeah, you know, I wish there was more of that. But uh, you know, I, I will say this, and we won't. I don't want to start with the negative. That's Mike? Yeah, that's me not muting my phone. Okay, because my stuff's off <laughs> Yeah, with my professionalism now. It's my so not to jar. not to dwell on the negative here, and I yeah. didn't want to start on this, but I, I, I'm going to tell you this. The league has to address the reviews because the watching the game on BR Live for the first 20 or so minutes of actual gameplay was painful. There was no flow. They killed it. They got the mics reffed up, and I don't know where they're going for this, but I think, I think ultimately they're really enjoying hearing themselves talk, and I just think there's a whole lot of wasted time. And the best thing about watching the lacrosse game is the speed of it, and I thought that sucked the adrenaline right out of the watching experience. So I didn't like that. And, you know, I, whatever it is, I just think it – if they've got to shorten them up or not not have them at all or only have them under two minutes in a game, I don't know what it is. But, man, I, I didn't like that at all. You know, you're trying to get into a game, and then there's there happens to be three challenges, I think, within the first probably 20 minutes. Yeah. and it The was, first quarter took a long time to play. I didn't yeah. like it. So, you know, if you want my honest – that that's my honest assessment. I really sucked the life out of that game. And I don't know what it was like being on – like at the game itself. Yeah. I don't know what it's like for the players. Like – I just think, you know, something has to be done there if we're looking at things to improve our game. I don't mind that there's challenges sometimes in the building. They're exciting, but I just felt like they they dragged on too long, and you just want to see action. And I felt like, you know, in all three cases, the call could have been made within 30 seconds, yes or no, and you move on. But, uh, yeah, so uh, my Monday night or not, it was great. It was, it was exciting in my household. Everybody was super stoked to see the Rock play, and uh, obviously to see them move on is, is the best-case scenario. And I think just uh, back to the reviews for a moment, I, I think there's a couple of things that are slightly inconsistent from building the building, which is number one is camera angles, available angles to people. And then also I think sometimes the 
the actual technology that exists in the arenas too because you see in some ranks they can match the time code and you can flip between different shots and be in the same spot on the timeline so to speak and that speeds things up tremendously because you know when you can see the guy's foot down and with the time code flip to the other shot the overhead to see okay is the ball in yet boom you're done right so i think that's where some technology has to catch up to the other rinks i guess some things have to catch up a little bit there and i think that would speed things up a lot um and then i still think at some point in time there's going to have to be an off floor uh like a war room some kind of official it's probably going to be building the building i don't think it would be something where it's in a central location and somebody's monitoring all the games and calling down to the box from you know who knows from philadelphia from toronto wherever but i think that there has got to be a video replay official off the floor um that has the access and capabilities to review the video as the game's going along to speed things up as well because i think another thing another issue is that at sometimes the game is so fast things ha- are happening on breakaways and I, I feel like when those challenges happen i think those are a really tough call for referees because they're also chugging up the floor trying to get there but um sometimes coaches are forced to use a challenge on calls that are you know they're they're pretty black and white after you look at that video one time but it's just because sometimes the referees are either their vision you know could be impaired they may not be up the floor yet because of something like a breakaway like i was just saying so kind of through no fault of their own in some cases and teams are wasting a challenge on things where maybe if there was another replay official they could immediately just go boom no you know what that was a good goal we need to overturn that right away boom and maybe that review is initiated from somewhere else rather than forcing the coaches to do it and go through multiple replays on the screen and whatnot. So, yeah, all good solutions. Like I said, this, we won't waste our time on this podcast moving into a, into a <laughs> you know, the Eastern final, but I, I, I did feel uh, like I couldn't have been the only one watching that yeah. thinking that something was wrong. So, you know, uh, side note, I think it needs to be cleaned up and fixed yeah. and you know, all your points were valid and outstanding points. I just think the league, it's one thing the league's going to have to look at. So, uh, I didn't stay up for the other game. Saw the final score. Looks like uh, looks like Calgary may have gotten away with one. Um, you know, to a good San Diego team, and that wraps up a great season for them. And I'm sure they're disappointed. But uh, Calgary moves on, and now the rush are out. Yeah. And that that road did Ward make 125 saves, or was it just like I don't think it was 125. Okay. No, but but uh, did he win them the game? Uh, I wouldn't say that. There was some interesting moments late in that game, as the way, in terms of the way San Diego played. I think. Sorry, not the San bit. Diego game, the Saska, Saskatchewan oh, game. Oh, sorry, sorry, Friday night. Because um, you know he was going to win them a game in the playoffs. I honestly, all that seems like it was three weeks ago. Now. I know. Um, I just saw what happened, obviously, in overtime and late. And the big point of contention was the tying goal with Ben McIntosh essentially scooping the ball out of Dylan Ward's stick and scoring the tying goal with a minute to go. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well. I, I'm not sure. Like it, I didn't see it, so I it don't. Was, it was basically, uh, I think it was Hope had the ball trapped in the uh, Colorado crease. Ward then goes to scoop it up. As he's picking it up, McIntosh digs into Ward's stick scoops the ball (laughs) (laughs) so we we've got the tuck rule in effect here coming in yeah something like that like it was uh 
It was weird because I don't know, like if the goalie is picking up the ball and it kind of pops up. Well, then it's or free if ball. It's rolling around, like yeah, but that's if it's in a like, stick, it's got to be a goalie it's, interference. It's a very, it's a very tight call, but uh, it was rude goal, and then uh, you know Colorado wins it. Uh, Running away, so to speak, in overtime with Joey Capito scoring the big goal. Yeah, that's just exciting. Look up here, how many the champs saves. are out, man. Like I said, this pathway to the championship just looks a lot different. Not unlike the NHL playoffs, what we're seeing right now. I love it. You know, we've we've discussed this. It's just more and more teams are moving on that are probably a little bit more unlikely. And I think you've got a matchup now, Calgary and Colorado. I 100% assume. I think Calgary's going to go in, uh, win that game. Hopefully, they do another sellout, and it's a great experience for the Roughneck fans and. You know, on the other end here, I think we've got what, you know, everybody in our office, everybody in our world here, our little lacrosse world wanted. Bandits rock on a Saturday night. I couldn't be more excited. Yeah. And just to backtrack again, sorry, Dylan Ward, 44 saves. Oh, maybe he's still Evan got 100 Kirk, in him. Evan Kirk, 30 saves. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> well, I think it was a, you know, tip of your hat to the rush. They have been uh, the cream of the crop in this league for a long time. But I think as discussed on this podcast, there was holes in that roster and, they just look like a team to me that just was not all that interested in winning another championship. And, uh, you know, a hungrier team caught up with them with a great goalie. And if it wasn't this week or if it wasn't last week, I, I would have made the assumption it would have been this week because Calgary looks like a team with good depth right now, good scoring, good goaltending, and they look hungry. So um, I think Calgary goes in and wins that game. And we'll get all this stuff out of the way so we don't have to talk about it later. Calgary goes in and then we'll make our prediction on the Rock Bandits. <laughs> Are you trying to make this a seven-minute podcast? Then? No, I just – we'll we'll break <laughs> okay, down. Okay, let's the, jump into the Georgia game. All right. So things start off – There really isn't a ton to discuss on Georgia, this game. <laughs> Go ahead. <laughs> you are trying to make this the seven-minute show. Georgia gets out to a 2 nothing lead. They score on the first shot of the game. We've seen sometimes games get away from the Toronto Rock very early or create a little bit of a hole for themselves sometimes. And it felt like down there when they scored on that first shot, I, I'm watching and I was like, okay, let's see how we react to this. And then it was 2 nothing, and I thought, okay, they, they can't go up 3 nothing. I know it's so early, but I just felt like they can't go up. And then we responded. As it turns out, all we had to do was get some shots on net. <laughs> and as soon as we started doing that, it was. the jo game was over. Jonesy scored there. Schreiber scored. Johnny Paula scored the one-hander. We all scored. They, they kept scored. scoring. They and did. kept scoring. <laughs> yes. And kept scoring. And you know why? Because Mr. Poulin had a very, very, very bad night. So do you think that's, you know, is that it's a situation where he's still maybe banged up a little well, bit? Well, whatever the situation a, is. A bad if, night or? You know, obviously you he's, he's either hurt, rusty, or both. And, uh, you know, the reason they have been a competitor in this league, I think, all the other talent aside is because Mike's been great for them and yeah. he just had a really bad day and that game got away from them early because he couldn't make a save and even when he did he was turning around to trap the ball before across the line so we can go through a million different things and yeah I concerning at the start sure because they go two nothing and uh stats and Thompson involved in both and you're like okay well we got to get are we not gonna be able to contain these two and as the game moved on, obviously, it just all it took was our offense, who I thought played a really, really good game. Uh, they just needed to get some shots on net. And with, with Mike not seeing the ball, I feel like from the, you know, probably from the second quarter on, I felt like Georgia chased that game. And some of the things we discussed in this podcast earlier held true. I don't think they got much from their left side at all. I think no. they're so heavily reliant on, on stats and Thompson. 
um, that it really proved to be their demise offensively. They, those guys on the left side couldn't get time and space. They were settling for shots way outside when they were getting shots at all. Um, they might have thrown some in late, I think, on that little run, but really their left side didn't didn't help them. And to be honest with you, outside from those two guys, they really didn't get much. And I think that's indicative of our defense, size and speed, and it contained everything they had to. On Thompson, I'll say this. I think hands down he is the best lacrosse player in the world. I, I enjoy watching him so much, and the reason I love him so much is was also the reason that you know he was we were able to contain him. Transition didn't play a huge factor on the score sheet for us, but with us running so much up and down the floor, number four every time turned and did the right thing, ran back, played a shift to D, and yeah. midway through the third quarter he had nothing in the tank. Yeah, and I thought, you know subconsciously or consciously whatever it was by us pushing up that far side every single time like like i said the the lacrosse player he is he he does the right thing he doesn't turn and bail and go to the bench he he goes back he plays d then he comes up and tries to play another shift to o yeah because i thought there was one play it might have even been in the third quarter where either he either he had the ball running in transition and did something totally out of character or he was chasing a guy and just didn't didn't go and check him and just kind of took the safe way kind of just ran back and just didn't take the chances, and I think, like you said, I think our defense kind of dictated that a little bit that turned Lyle into not Lyle, kind of, by the time the second half rolled around. He was he looked tired. He couldn't carry the load, and, and again, he was going to be pressed. The way our defense stacks up against the rest of their team, those two guys were going to be pressed to carry the load, and, uh, you know, eventually because of, you know, our personnel on defense and because of how tired he was, uh, I, I just think they had nothing offensively. They had no answer. And I can remember stretches in this game where they, they couldn't even muster a shot on net. So Yeah, for sure. In the second half, yep. I, I think for sure that third quarter seemed to be – the second quarter had the big run, but I think the third quarter um, – what do we had scored them? 3-1 in that quarter. I think that was that Kieran had that – pass shot shorthanded one drop that in. just floated right there was some I think deflating moments in that third quarter because Schreiber scores 26 seconds in and that was kind of like whoa okay well now we got a four goal lead here it was 10-7 now suddenly it's 11-7 right off the hop and then we got that floater too that I think deflated them so I think there was some deflating moments too in that third quarter that really uh kind of was almost the nail in the coffin real early we you know it's so hard to judge because at the end of the day, so many bad shots went in, uh, you know, yeah. so it, it, you can't fault them for shooting them. But, right. you know, the only thing that creeps in, if, if I had anything, you know, the, my worry would be like, those aren't going in this week. You know, you, you can rest assured those long range, bad angle shots aren't, aren't going to fall against Buffalo and Vink. And, you know, we got a lot of that. But, you know, I thought we moved really well offensively. Everybody contributed. Uh, we seemed confident. Our power play was pretty effective at two for four. But, it, again, it wasn't pressed to be overly effective because we, we weren't in a one-goal game with a power play. So, yeah. you know, you can cut them some slack there. But I think everybody played hard, played well. But they took care of the ball. They didn't turn it over and they didn't run on us. So us running, them not running on us, and us getting balanced scoring is kind of the recipe here. I don't think Nick was pressed in to play a great game, but he was good. You know, uh, funny game for him, I'm sure. You can't expect – you can't gauge it because they go six on five for the last three minutes or whatever it might be. So I just – I don't – I think you can leave Nick's game alone. He was good when he had to be. You know what I mean? He was better than the guy at the other end. They won the game, so that's all you can ask. So 
really, really impressed with their effort. Uh, and I just think defensively, man, I saw it in Toronto in week three or four when we beat them. I said, just said athletically and size-wise, they're just they're not where we are. And uh, we dictated. And there is no doubt in my mind that we can do the same thing this week. Now, also just I think maybe psychologically a little bit maybe to play on that side of it, uh, this Georgia team has been kind of looked at as the big speed bump hurdle over the last few years. This team knocked the rock out of the playoffs two years ago in a two-game sweep on the way to Georgia's first championship. And then last year, Georgia beat them a couple of times in the regular season when Schreiber was out that literally was the difference between the rock missing the playoffs and being the first seed in the East last year, those two games. Uh, And then this year, you know, it felt like it was almost going to be that same script where we just couldn't get over that hump earlier when we lost by goal. But then a few weeks later, it came back and had the win. And then it was, again, that step back when we went down there in March and kind of had it handed to us, right? But now to get over that hump, is there another level of confidence maybe that this team is at now that's saying, you know, here we go, and also looking at what we've talked about, the landscape with Sask being out? You can't help not think about it. I think all those things are weighing on them a lot. So, yeah, we finally beat Georgia. I, but I, I get the sense that, you know, maybe it was, but I didn't get the sense this this win over Georgia was really weighing on them. I, I got the sense that, you know, they were confident that they were the better team finally and they could go in there and prove it. That's the sense I got now. For those that have been here for the defeats, yeah, sure, I'm sure it's a big exhale and you move on. Uh, but uh, you can't help but notice the rush were knocked off. Yeah. And you can't help kind of just see the – you know, with a new champion crowned, then everybody automatically makes that – you can put one on one against. Well, that that can easily be us. So, and I think the one game knockout I think elevates confidence as well because you know you only got to go in there and beat them once. And I don't think that there's a favorite in this game. I really don't. I think they're two very evenly matched teams, and you know for whatever reason, likely the better goalie will win the game. And uh, you know I think they're so even. Um, Buffalo spreads out their scoring really well. They run well, and defensively they they've been great in front of Vino. Um, you know, and we know how good the Rock are. So we've got great scoring when we spread it out. We can run. Uh, so all those things, it's just going to come down to likely, in in my opinion, this game will come down to which goalie gives their team a better game. I, I really do believe that. So Nick's going to be tested this week to to really be the man. So uh, they're in a great spot. They're where they want to be. They beat a good Georgia team. And, you know, I this shouldn't shock anybody that they're in this game right now. And And I think least of all, it shocks them. The Georgia Swarm here, they've retooled this lineup uh, several times, it seems like, uh, over the years. And um, they did it again before this year with moving Jesse King out and bringing in Holden Katoni. But you look at, from a couple of years ago, their championship team, you take away Johnny Paulus, you take away... uh, Joel White. Joel White. Uh, There's been a lot of pieces subtracted. So now you lose this year in the first round after having the second-best record in the NLL. major changes in Georgia no I think they'll look at it and chalk it up to you know Mike didn't give us a great game yeah you know that and I don't see any reason why not to but the one thing that you noticed with them this year is they were drastically inconsistent yeah you know which generally with championship teams you don't have so yeah I think they need to look at a few things but you know still I think they've got two of the best rights in the world uh and then I I think a defense that maybe had exceeded expectations for a year or two and I think that we exploited some of their poor defenders this week for sure so you know when you got Mike playing top of his game it kind of maybe masks a few of those so I think they got exposed in that um you know no different than Toronto here I I was curious why they wouldn't go to their backup goalie 
it obviously wasn't Mike's night. And, you know, I'm shocked that in a one game, you know, it's tough. It's tough as a coach because you go with what gets you there for sure. But uh, I'm not second guessing what they did. But I, I, I think in that same predicament, you got to realize he's not seeing the ball and maybe make a change. See if you can get a spark, get a three goal run, get back into it. So whatever. I don't think they're hurting. I still think they're a top three team in the East and uh, they'll probably draft well. They always do. And they've got the best player in the world to build around. So I'm not overly concerned there. They just needed to get better out of Mike, and that's it. Okay. All right, we're going to take a short break here, and uh, Chalton Rogers will be joining us uh, coming up here in the next segment. And uh, we will also uh, tee up the Buffalo matchup a little bit deeper here in the back half of the show. So a little bit more here to come on Toronto Rock Total Access. Back to Toronto Rock Total Access, Mike Hancock and Colin Doyle, and we now welcome in the captain of the Toronto Rock, Challen Rogers. Challen, how are you doing? Wonderful. You've been on. Uh, you've been doing a few media hits this week. What did you do? You did a podcast with uh, the Barnburner folks the other day. Yep. Mike yes, Richards this morning on uh, Saga 960. Oh yeah, Missa Saga. <laughs> just Saga. Saga. Yeah, that's all. They have <laughs> dropped the Missa. What's your mindset like when you're doing interviews with these folks? You come up with like a persona, or are you just straight up, you generic uh, answers, or do you try to trick them? Like, what do you do to keep yourself amused? I think the beginning I was pretty generic, pretty cliche. I think I've gradually gotten a little better. Yeah, because I'm one, still getting better. The one thing that's fascinating with like non lacrosse people interviewing you is the, usually the last thing they want to talk about is lacrosse. <laughs> <laughs> that's kind of what I figured out. Well, Richards was pretty good this morning. I thought he stuck to lacrosse pretty well through the whole thing. Yeah. Got into some college stuff, and yeah. that I was a little bit surprised that he went down that road. But does he uh, follow college lacrosse? I think he's got uh, some family friends and whatnot that I think their kids played uh, maybe Division One somewhere in New York. I can't remember, but uh, so he's kind of got a little bit of an eye on that and. He's big into college sports in general, I think. So I think that is a little bit where that stems from. So he's big into... You follow college across? A little bit, yeah. Shout out here, I think. Is is Georgetown in the tournament? I think I saw that they were, and that's uh, Whipper's boy. Yeah. Oh, right. Dylan. So, yeah. yeah. So Dylan, uh, Dylan is a, an attackman for the Hoyas, and I think they made the tournament for some reason or another. I think I saw that. So yeah. if that is the case, and I'm not sure, but congrats to little Whip. <laughs> that's congrats a, regardless. I think he had a good year. Yeah, I sure. think he had yeah. a really good year. Yeah, that's awesome. Anyway, who's going to win the College Cross Championship? You don't follow it that much? Uh, Penn State looks pretty good. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, but they then, smoked Rutgers yeah. last week in the Big Ten tournament. It was not pretty. Did Michigan make the tournament? No. No. Yeah, Michigan's my team, but I don't follow – I've got to follow it more. They're my, like, football and basketball team. But I was pulling for Rutgers there to hope. Why Rutgers? Well, Charlotte Beatties. I'm not. <laughs> <laughs> Bulldog boy, Adam Charlotte Beatties. Uh, He's their big stud. No. Attackman there, yeah. Neat. Yeah. He I did not the, know that. He was actually ended up, so he played three years uh, doggies, then went to uh, Orangeville to play junior A in his fourth year, led the Hornheads to the Minto Cup. They lost in game seven, I guess it was out there. To the Coquitlam Addicts. Yeah, Addicts. And then blew it, it got traded to Brampton for his last year, blew out his knee, didn't play his last year of box. So he hasn't played box in a couple of years. Has blown out his knee multiple times while he's been down at Rutgers, but came back this year was – uh, Rutgers Athlete of the Year, and, and then he goes topic now, goes into the draft. I guess now. I don't know if he's going to try and go back to school again for a sixth year or not, but he could be. I, I'd say he'd be pretty smart after first, all that 
first round. He'll he'll be see if he had played box. I think he might be a pretty high first round pick, but I think he's gonna when he does come in. I think he's gonna end up being a late first, early second now maybe. Although the first round now with all the compensatory picks and new teams is like 20, 20 picks yeah. now, so it's okay. a long first round now. Let's get back to Chow. Yeah, let's so we, Chow. Hey, <laughs> we brought him in here early in the morning. We're gonna have to ask him some questions. We're gonna talk about Adam Charlebides for. 20 minutes. Okay. Challen, I'm going to lead off the question. Yeah, go ahead. Mike is convinced this was a big monkey off the rock's back beating the swarm. I'm not as convinced. What's the feeling? I think, you know, it's it's a good feeling to beat them. I mean, obviously, everyone knows that we've kind of struggled with them. And, um, you know, especially in the playoffs, we go down there. And I think a lot of people doubted us and what we were capable of. But, um, you know, at the end of the day, it doesn't matter what other people think. Um, you know, in the locker room, we had we had a lot of confidence in ourselves and what we could do. And, um, you know, it, it worked out for us. Yeah, it showed for sure. You could tell you were a confident bunch and you didn't waver from what you guys do. And I thought you guys felt like my mindset anyway was you guys felt like you guys be you and good results are going to happen. Yeah. So that was evident for sure. I want to know what happened. You were on, I think it was a two-on-one. You got in real tight, and I feel like you tried to pull your breakaway move. With, Somebody with loves no, that move. With no, room <laughs> to, with no room to do it. Was that kind of what happened or no? Uh, yeah, I don't know. Yeah, okay. It just happened pretty quick. Yeah, you're following closely in Brody Merrill's footsteps. Like Brody, for as long as I've known him, Thank he's got one move. <laughs> yeah. and not even a move on a breakaway. I said, the goalies in this league not watch film? Like – how come they know where I'm shooting, but they have no idea where you are? <laughs> yeah. I'm going to tell you, mark my words, I think there's going to be a breakaway in a big game yet to come where he's going to pull something off and just fool the goalie big time. i got to come and challenge Rogers. There's my take. Let's plant that seed. Where's he going, Vino? Where's he going? Uh, so this week, I don't know if you've seen it yet on uh, Twitter this morning, there was uh, some clips came out about the bandits saying how much there was a string of clips of Josh Byrne couple other guys dane i think talking about how much they hated the rock is that you know i I, last time we had you on the podcast actually i think it was right before bandit came right and you talked about we talked quite a bit about how much there is the rock to bandit's hatred but is that really carried out into the locker room kind of is everybody got that general feel similar to what the bandits put out there uh on social today oh yeah oh yeah that's a simple answer okay Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) yeah You guys just haven't put it on Twitter yet. Yeah. 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 Just find that strange. You find that strange? <laughs> that the I, Bandits would... I haven't seen it, it yet. It wasn't... I don't think it was from the Bandits, but it was part of a Bandits press conference, and I think... Or some media availability that they did recently, and it had uh, some clips strung together by somebody. I don't think it was the actual Bandits that put it out, but it was a Bandits media availability. But Josh Byrne said, it's going to be a bloodbath out there. Oh. Which was... He must have been watching that video from the preseason brawl whenever we were talking about that. <laughs> eh? You got another one of those hey, brewing here? Yeah, oh, that wow. might get me to Buffalo on Saturday. <laughs> it was, you know, in that game down there, the Nick Weiss, uh, when he went out at, went at it with Kieran, I mean, that got the building going bonkers, especially when they put Nick Weiss up on the Jumbotron and he's getting the hands going, getting telling the crowd to get up. Like, that place was going crazy. Yeah. The enforcer. Yeah. Kieran. <laughs> Most fighting majors on this team, I think. Again, be right take out Haas, right maybe. Oh, yeah. But I don't, yeah, anyway. Yeah, the the old school fans, Buffalo, Philly, those places, Boston. Like, 
fights is they just love it <laughs> nowadays they're hardly even fights but yeah. you know they it never fails to get them out of their seats uh you feel intimidated at all going into buffalo or are you guys 100 comfortable you guys have played well 100 i know the answer to this yeah. yeah good no we're feeling good especially after you know coming off the win in georgia um you know obviously there's a few things we have to clean up but um you know buffalo's a team we've had success with but you know it's, it's one game 60 minutes that we're just gonna have to come out and, and do our thing are the are the players doing anything for playoffs? You got beards, you got hair, like anything? I think the beards are coming in. I yeah, mean, a few it's, of us sport them year round, but yeah, it's hard to say. I don't get to see enough of them, but I'm curious what what you guys are doing. Beards, that's good because a good long like it's not like the Man Cup run where you're going every night and playing a ton. But the length of the playoff season essentially is roughly the same. You go about a month yeah. and a half to win a Man Cup and. Essentially, by the time this thing said none of it were to go three, I guess you'd have to support some nice little beards. Yeah. yeah Jonesy cool. can grow a nice one. Yeah. Well, <laughs> overnight. Real quick. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Middle of a, I think I've seen him grow a beard between quarters. <laughs> yeah. Now, we talked a little bit uh, in, in the earlier segment here on the podcast today about the landscape here in the playoffs right now and the fact that the rush are out in the West. And while we said maybe typically you don't like to look ahead, but in some respects, things have kind of swung open here, if we're, we're speaking traditionally here, as to what's happened over the last few years, years with the Rush being the West champion, I think four years in a row and winning three titles over that time. Um, has any of that sunk in that maybe this is kind of, everything's kind of lining up properly or how you'd like here down the stretch? I know we said, I know Colin, you said you can't help but kind of look at that as, as this possibly being a huge opportunity. But again, is that something that's, resonating through the team here is that you know you guys are one way one win away from having a chance to do something real special yeah i think that's really our mindset we have you know a great opportunity here to to punch our ticket to to play for a championship which uh you know all of us dreamed about growing up and and obviously joining the league it's it's what you want to accomplish as a group um but you know we have to get through a good buffalo team and um you know once we do that then we can kind of look ahead yeah, they really um, they have been the team not to really have faltered all year long. Uh, they are the true number one seed, and I think, uh, like we discussed earlier, I don't think there's a clear cut favorite in this game, and uh, I, I certainly don't think you know the, your viewpoint would be that you're an underdog or your favorite. I'd, probably irrelevant, but they have been consistent, and they haven't faced a ton of adversity. You put any value into jumping on them early? Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah, hundred percent. I think. I think if we jump on them early, um, you know, and our defense can settle in and, and you know, slow down their offense, um, you know, I think that would be huge for us. They're obviously a high-potent offense, and one of the, one or two of those guys probably going to, you know, be pretty successful. Um, but, you know, if we can slow down majority of them, that that's huge in our favor. Is there a guy that on their offense that goes under the radar that you guys talk about that is – you know, not one of their top dogs, but somebody that, you know, makes it difficult for you to defend or, you know, I, I don't know. I'm asking you, is there somebody on that offense that kind of makes them tick that isn't their 100, 110 point guys? Um, I'd have to go with, you know, Hogarth. Yeah. I don't know if he's playing or not, but, um, you know, he's a guy that he's not afraid to get to the middle and, and pick up loose balls in the dirty areas. And, you know, I think a lot of his goals have come off, you know, rebounds or, or, you know, just picking up loose balls in the middle and, and putting them away. He's, he's pretty dangerous yeah. in that area. No doubt. 
Well, he's been an absolute wild card, really. I'm just kind of popping up trying to find what his total goals ended up being. But I think he ended up being over 30 goals, and that came out of uh, absolute nowhere. What? What's, it was this D Tranny guy kind of coming into this year that they pushed him at the front door, right? What's the deal with him? Is he banged up? Yeah, I don't think he played against New England. No, he didn't play the didn't play the opening round. Yeah, correct me if I'm wrong, Challen. Uh, don't let them run. Stay out of the box. Have a great power play and play them five on five defensively. Pretty much is your recipe, correct? Oh yeah, yeah, no, no doubt. And I thought you guys, I don't know how you felt, but you did that to a T in Georgia, did you not? Yeah, yeah, I would I say would so. You're pretty. Can we steal those as the uh, Backley Construction Tools for Success on social this week? Put my name on it. All right. <laughs> as per. As per. CD Lack 7. Here are the Backley Construction <laughs> Tools for Success. Again, not telling anybody they don't already know. <laughs> so let's go back and revisit the score first. Don't let them get on runs. What, what are the three? What are the five we cycle through? What are the keys to the games we keep uh, recycling here? Power play. That'd so take advantage, got, got advantage of your chances. Got got to take advantage of your chances. I always like the don't let the other goalie get comfortable. Right. By running them, right? That's your subliminal <laughs> way of saying this. No, somebody gets through like, his crease early. Don't let them settle in and make some saves. Like get on them early, which was just a different way of saying, you know, get the – Oh no! I get I it. Almost, yeah, sorry. I get it. Almost Try to score on them. Try to score on them. Get the get the lead. Yeah. <laughs> Shoot. Okay. Yeah. Shoot. Yeah, Going to be a great set of uh, keys to the game this week. I'm already looking forward to it's it. It's like 25 of them that are all the same. That are all the same. Beat them. <laughs> that's that's all that matters. Um, what's the plan this week then? What do you guys do? Let let our fans know what the Rock do this week. I know it was obviously skewed a little bit by traveling back into town on Tuesday. Probably Tuesday's a wash. What does it look like moving forward? Uh, tomorrow we have practice here, a little shoot around, um, team meal here, take the bus down, get there, um, later that night. And then Saturday, Saturday comes around and, uh, shoot around in the morning, um, get a nice meal in us, get a nice nap and then, you know, get dialed for the game. Defensively, do you guys change your game plan game to game? Or do you just do the same thing all the time with certain keys on certain players? Like, are you the same? Or will you, will you have to discuss kind of a new approach defensively that will be kind of implemented Friday? Or does everything stay the same just with some keys? Uh, everything usually stays the same with, you know, a few minor adjustments. Um, you know, they we got to adjust, obviously, to yep. their style of offense. Um, it's slightly different than Georgia, um, although, you know, they both have – offensive players that you know can put the ball in the net and are super creative so um yeah just minor adjustments but stick to what we know best okay all right so yeah like john said big uh practice kind of walk through friday night for the guys and then uh a little chicken parm coming in for the guys Ooh. too afterwards Ooh. Ooh. maybe doily makes it down <laughs> team meal friday we night. did order i did order a few extra uh, chicken cutlets there if you'd uh, like are there going to be cookies in. B, B, B Miller, B. Miller used to always take offense to the fact that I'd have a cookie or two before the meal. It really bugged him. You know what's so funny? Whenever I'd set up those meals and stuff like that, and I still think about it, I'm always like, do we always, do we always like the cookie? But I haven't heard that from this group. There isn't a guy. So I'd always make sure there was cookies. Yeah. But now Mike, it's I think like, we were on the same page yeah, there, right? That, okay. Exactly. <laughs> now, now it's like, I don't know. I don't hear any of the guys saying they want cookies. So no dessert Friday. So bring your own. Huh. Bring your own. 
I feel like you'd be unsatisfied. Like a big meal like that, you got all this angst for the get kid. Nice to pop a couple of cookies in a bag, take them on the bus. Yeah, Friday night to me would be a three or four cookie night. Whoa. One before, probably one immediately after, and I'd, I'd have two back in bed when I got to the <laughs> settle my nerves. So should I swing out and grab a couple of boxes of Chips Ahoy there or something? Or no, what? those hotel no. cookies, those fresh baked hotel oh, cookies, they're yeah, so good. good. Anyway, I digress. <laughs> Times have changed. Cookies aren't on the order. Okay. Good thing I don't play in this generation. Challen, best of luck, man. You guys have done a great job. Obviously, the mentality is you're not done yet. So very much looking forward to seeing the game. Uh, good luck. Thank you. All right. Thanks. That was Challen Rogers, captain of the Toronto Rock, heading down to Buffalo to take on the Bandits on Saturday night. We'll take a short break here on Toronto Rock Total Access, and Colin and I will be back to wrap it up in a moment. Welcome back to Toronto Rock Total Access. Mike Hancock and Colin Doyle. Great chat with Captain Challen Rogers, as always. Uh, but right now, speaking of uh, the track, if I was, um, Doyle, we got a lot of great stuff going on here coming up this summer at the track, don't we? We do. We're, uh, we, we expanded our summer camp menu. So this year we've added uh, five weeks of camp. Generally, we only do our two weeks of our lacrosse experience, which are very, which are very popular and have turned into be – one of the best parts of my summer. Uh, unfortunately, those two were sold out already. But uh, in addition to that, we've got Tom Schreiber and Challen Rogers and probably a couple of the other members of the Rock running a field lacrosse camp for the first week in in July. Uh, and our first really run at a girls field lacrosse camp, something that I'm obviously proud of and something that I want to see grow. Uh, having three girls myself that I'll play. I, uh, you know, we've got Danita Stroop, uh, Dan Stroop's daughter, recent graduate from the Northwestern University. Um, we've got her coming out to put a camp on here, and I'm pretty excited about that. So, you know, for all the girls out there that are looking to, you know, have some fun, meet some new friends, and get better, this is the ultimate experience. I want to model what we do with our boys' side, and I want to allow the girls to come experience the same thing. So that's the second week in July, and then, you know, we've rounded out our menu with a sports camp. Uh, use the facility to its fullest for all the kids lacrosse or not just to come have some fun play some sports and stay busy myself and challen rogers uh will oversee all the camps and we're quite excited about growing um with the with the growth of our elite leagues and the growth of our march break camp and everything else we we see we saw it fit this year to kind of move on and take on a bit more so really excited about you know using this facility to its fullest potential and you know, it's going to be a great summer for boys and girls of all ages, just getting out here, getting better at lacrosse. But, you know, the model here has always been the same. You know, have great coaches, have some fun, and get better. So we're going to continue with that. So we're we're sure excited. It's going to keep Chal and I really busy. But, you know, as we grow and expand here in the facility, that's that's our job. So it's, it's going to be a great summer. So we're looking forward to it. Yeah, I mean, that uh, adding Tom Schreiber to the mix here for the field camp, that's pretty cool. I mean, I remember a few years ago we did the – Paul Rabel experience here, which was super well received, and uh, I think that was the first time he had done a camp in Canada, wasn't it? At that I point, I think so. Yeah. And so, and, and now it's Tom's coming up here. This has got to be the first time he's he's done a camp in Canada too, right? Yeah, and you know we're in the middle of field lacrosse season here now for the boys anyway, and you know having many friends, kids involved with it, uh, you know it's hard to get good instruction on the field side if you're from yeah. a smaller town than me. like it's a great opportunity to learn from what many people say is the best lacrosse player in the world so uh you know we know tommy around here and he's a great guy and he'll be a great coach and then you know as far as i'm concerned uh 
if he's the best, Jalen Rogers isn't too far behind him. So to have two of the best coaches in yeah. the game that you know that really have coaching in your kid's best interest at the front of their plate, I think it's something pretty special. So again, this would be something we'd love to see grow as we move on. We'd love to add more field lacrosse to our repertoire around here. Um, you know, we're looking at adding some some travel teams in the fall. So we've got a lot of moving parts. Uh, we want to obviously expand at a rate where we can accommodate it, and we want to do it well the way we've done everything else. So, yeah, more things to come, I'm sure, is if, if we end up doing a midsummer podcast, those would be all the things we're talking about. Travel teams, that's pretty exciting. It is. It's about putting all the right pieces in place and trying to get involved with that, both on the box and field side. I think there's a big opportunity for a lot of our Rock Elite kids that play over the fall and winter with us to – to travel to the states and have teams come in and play us like we did last year with the with the true michigan group yeah i think you know so many good american players want great canadian talent to play box against so we're working on what we can accommodate and what we can't and bite off you know only what we can chew so uh as we expand it'll be done properly with with great coaching with the kids best interest always uh at the front so yeah it's it's pretty exciting it's got to be pretty uh rewarding for you personally i mean this is something that you kind of started from scratch with a few years ago and now to see what it's become is uh it's got to be pretty cool for you it is cool and then to be at an arena over the festival and know hundreds of kids uh you know and i'm past obviously my playing days are well beyond me but still gives me a good connection to many of the kids around here and you know what i like to do is just you know, I like to get the rock players in front of these kids because not only are they great coaches, but they're great people. And, you know, I'm, I'm a big believer in all these kids around here having great role models, and they've got so many good ones right in their backyard. So, yeah, it's special for a lot of reasons. But that, that program, the Tyke Novice PB program, has grown from 16 kids three years ago to we were over 240, I think, last year between wow. the age groups. So wow. pretty special, and we're going to continue to grow. And uh, like I said, We've got to do it the right way. It takes a lot of hard work and great coaches and a lot of good, like not volunteers, a lot of good, you know, great coaches around here. And obviously with Jamie's blessing, uh, you know, we've got the best facility in the world to do it. So there's no reason we can't continue to grow and reach out to more, get our reach out further and further beyond, you know, what we do already. Get out to more more programs and more kids. So it's pretty exciting. It's almost like you've started a thriving minor lacrosse association when you start to talk about the numbers you know i know we're here in the off season so to speak drawing from a lot of centers around here but at the same time it's almost like this has become kind of its own minor lacrosse association right yeah and i think for kids to kind of relate themselves as a member of the track i think it's cool mm -hmm. so yeah it's kind of exactly what it is and and now you'll see kids move through they can play off-season lacrosse in the facility now basically from September to March break. And they can be involved in both field and box programs. And as they continue to become involved, they become involved with our community and we'll continue to offer more and more. The nice thing about what we do, aside from summer camps, you know, our biggest, biggest stipulator is we stay completely excluded from summertime because, you know, our belief here is, you know, your, your summertime is for you to play club lacrosse for your towns. Yeah. And, you know, I'm a big believer in that. I don't like seeing kids getting pulled in 15 different directions when you're trying to play club, you know, club lacrosse in the summer. And I'm a big believer that somebody from Halton should be playing club lacrosse there, somebody from Kitchener, and, and that's what they should dedicate their time to. Uh, I, I don't like seeing kids getting pulled in all these different directions where they've got to miss tournaments and miss important events 
because we all know being a part of a team, you know, is all those things. So I think we've we've done a good job accommodating everything. We're obviously always fluid with getting better and taking criticisms and moving forward with them. But like I said, I like where we are, and I, I really look forward to where we're going and having Challen around full time, uh, kind of working at steering the ship in the right direction has been really valuable and he's really good at you know relating with kids so all in all it's it's exciting and like i said i'm i'm stoked to see what comes next uh first of all amen to everybody playing for their club teams in the uh true for sure and uh yeah this is it's all been pretty cool to watch uh watch it grow and see what you guys have uh been able to do here over the last few years it's uh it's pretty cool and these kids too like coming in for one-on-ones like we know we got one fired up out here and the kid who's out here we can drop his name ty gesso is maybe if not one of the best players in the country at his age yeah and you you know know, he's putting the work in here yeah and again this is just an extra avenue for him to come get better uh, you know, we believe he's got great coaching where he is, and he, you know he'll be a bulldog, and he's going to help the bulldogs win and all those other great things. This yep. is just an extra avenue. We don't we don't ever want to replace that. That's you know that's not our intention. And I I'm a big believer in club lacrosse, and I'm a big believer in you know what you achieve by you know even if you're on a really poor team in the summer and you're the best player and you know some people think it's well we got to get him out of here we got to play like you know, so many players that i played with didn't play a level lacrosse you know the things you've got to learn to carry a team when a lot of the players are lesser than you like it's hard it's challenging but at the end of the day there comes a time where you will be with players that are you know likewise in skill level but all those challenges that you're faced kind of getting there i think are so so good at building character so it's a hard dynamic and, and lacrosse of all things it's not a perfect world we all know that but uh so yeah we'll stay in our lane we'll continue to push kids to be big big you know believers in club lacrosse take the good with the bad um and then you know when the when the off season rolls around i hope they're excited to come with us and the last cool thing i'll mention is just thinking about my buddy uh from up in huntsville there that's going to be i think bringing his uh, kid down and maybe just playing house league hockey this winter um and that or sorry the coming next season i guess next winter uh by coming down for sundays for peewee yeah you know to to do that because his real passion is lacrosse he still wants to play hockey I absolutely think, but, but uh just to uh, and especially like you say coming from a center that's not an a center to come down and play with some other players that are from a centers and whatnot to help get better and it's the opportunities are there. And yeah, you guys have put that together. It's great. It, yeah, and that's just it. I mean, there's so much that goes into this, and you know, like, certainly don't want kids to stop playing hockey or basketball or volleyball, whatever it is they do. I and, and you know, like, it's once a week, and you know, we're going to give you a great hour and a half, so it's worth the drive in. You're going to get a game. You're going to get coached up well, and then it's done, and you can come back next Sunday and do it again, and you can do you know the rest of the week whatever you want to do. You got to get it in. So, like I said, I there's there's a lot of moving parts. You know, I don't think kids should be playing any sport full year round all the time, just training at that sport till they get to a certain age. I am a believer in that. I understand how the world works, but we try to offer something where they it's valuable for the parents. They know they're getting something out of it, but the kid is just having fun. They don't even know they're getting better. They're just having fun. And the games have turned into some of the best games we've seen. They've been, you know, we've had so many great memories. So we'll move on to the bandits and the rock, but Truly something special and something that I'm very proud to be but a part of. But don't forget that last carrot that's dangling out there for those kids on those Sundays. Is that's right. The Junior NLL Tournament. Which has turned into another unbelievable event. And uh, unfortunately this year, 
it the weekend conflicts with the national championship so it'll be an interesting dynamic because not only some of our rock players will make team ontario's but some of you know the other provinces best players will be left in limbo as to what to do as well so tricky dynamic this year with with scheduling and everything but yeah i think uh our successes here you know with the junior rock have been an amalgamation of these kids being a part of our program for a long time and it's great to see them have that what i think is one of the best box events in the world i love it absolutely all right the next best box event in the world saturday night bandits rock yeah this is something that you know what you you just wait the bandits in the rock it is so great every time the two teams meet regular season it's always there's always a little something extra on the line and whatnot but now to get it in the playoffs like this is gonna be great it is gonna be great these two teams have played some pretty entertaining games this year the game down in buffalo was just a just a war the eight six game this year um real close game and then of course the rock have two wins over the bandits this year too i mean throw it all out the window mike you know better throw it all out the window oh you know that <laughs> we're not drawing anything on the we are not drawing anything like this is a one game man. both teams gonna be fired up to play if we see both teams best we are in for one of the best games we've seen in many years with the intensity that should be brought because of playoffs i i can't and i don't know if you can i cannot draw a separating factor between these two teams um you know, many people will give the edge to Vino and Net as they should, but this is Nick's turn to shine, and he he's going to have to go in there and beat him, like we said earlier. He's going to have to go in there and play the game of his life. And I'm comfortable with our offense if they're willing to work hard and go to dirty spaces to get good shots, because he'll lead up the bad angles. Uh, you know, I love our defense, have all year, love our transition. So all the things we do well, they do well. And I think that kind of speaks to also a little bit about what makes this so exciting is you talk about the Vino versus Rosie matchup both goalies have you know the makeup to be the deciding factor absolutely right and then you look defensively like you look at a transition thing you look at Challen Rogers Steve Priolo both of those guys have potential to be difference makers in their own way and then up front you can go through the offensive guys right each team has so many unique dynamic pieces I think that they can there's so many potential storylines here that exist but my favorite one is the fact that the rock are going to wear their blue jerseys on saturday night in which they are two and oh against the band that's your favorite storyline no not my favorite but i just had to throw that out there that again (laughs) the blue clavin over here the blue jerseys that's right hey cliffy (laughs) (laughs) look i don't think dane smith or tom schreiber are going to win this game for their teams i just I don't think so. Teams are going to be – both teams are going to be, be a wash. I, I, I think so. Yeah. You know, and then you start working your way down the depth, you know. If Robbie's getting underneath and creating things, is Josh Byrne going to match? Uh, you know, and you just keep going and going. And I thought, you know, we never t- – Adam Jones was, was awesome last week. And he has been a difference My maker. My pick is the most valuable offensive and player for the Rock. No question. Like he's, he, he was, was great. He was so good. He was really good, and yep. he's going to be good again. He's a guy you can count on. His track record shows you no other no other reason. Um, so you just go down. And, and when you get into these kind of playoff matchups, that's what people do. They just go down the list. And, and I think the separating factor for most people when they go down that list will be goaltending. They're going to say yeah. Bandits are going to win because they got Vino. And they're fully entitled to say that because that is fact. Yeah. This this is going to come down to Nick playing a really good game and making believers out of Rock fans. And I think if he can, he doesn't have to outplay him, but he's got to he's got to match him. 
if he does, I think we're good. I, I really do. I think all, all the other things are pretty good. And like you said, Priolo's done a, an amazing job leading this team, not only with what he's done on the stat line and everything else, but he's a, he's a, he's fairly new to the captaincy role. How many years has he been in that role? Two or three? Yeah. So, you know, but coming off a bad year, he's had to re-steer this ship, and Challen's really no different other than the fact that he's much younger. He had to take a non-playoff team last year and steer it in the right direction, and they've both done a great job. So you said the – the comparisons are, are really endless here. I, I, you know, I'm not going to bother picking a winner. I, as I do every week, I hope the Rock win because I'm a fan of the Rock and I can't stand the Bandits. So that'll make me happy Saturday night. That's and I just want to I want to see a Jonesy interview. I love Jonesy's post game interviews because he's just he says a couple words and he lets out this like groan exhale thing. He's always like, you know, we played well, you know, and. Yeah, Rosie, he's a backbone, and <laughs> it's kind of the same time. He's like, but then it's like, oh, but Jonesy, you were four and five tonight. Like you kind of played a role. In, it's just good. He always he's uh, deflecting, passing on the. It, it's fun to watch sometimes when he gets in those interviews. He looks like he's uncomfortable on his own skin. He's just kind of moving around. Anyway, it's funny to me, but uh, well, he it, was awesome, and, and that's where I think that that's the difference maker too. Is uh, you know he didn't play in the loss in Buffalo. He played in the two wins. I think he. He carries a bit here, I think, as a difference maker no uh, doubt. for the Rock. And, uh, you know, Rosie has been uh, very good in Buffalo. I mean, if he goes down there and lets in eight again, yeah, that, eh, I really like it. Sure. <laughs> the chances of him playing that well no, again are probably pretty like, thin. But I, I feel like we're getting like a 17, 12, 15, 13, somewhere in there. That's yeah, where I feel like we're going to land. I just want a Rock win. I just want a Rock win so bad. And I hope this rivalry – you know, at the depths that I know it, I hope these players can relate this week. I just hope they can find that hatred in them this week and use a bit of that. I really do. Yeah. yeah. You know, the Bandits are going to. They've got JT on that bench who's fully aware of what that hatred is. They've got Krug, and they've got Richie. And yep. we go back as long as and they know full well, and those players on that side will know exactly what's at stake here. I hope our players can relate to that because I think if we if we have that kind of really nastiness on top of all this talent, it's going to be an awesome game. Yeah, so I, this is what we long for. All right, so make sure you uh, you are either watching on BR Live on Saturday night. Uh, Three dollars and ninety nine cents is all it costs. If you uh, want to jump on board and watch the game on Saturday night, if you don't have a subscription, if you have a subscription already, you're all good to go. Uh, or otherwise, head down to Buffalo, grab some tickets, and uh, be there to cheer loud and proud for your Toronto Rock as uh, we continue the chase for the championship, which would be a league record seventh. Getting closer. This team. Uh, finally break that uh, deadlock with the old Philadelphia Wings and uh, <laughs> now podcast, who, that's who on threw me. the major foul there that's like well, I don't even, okay, that's yep. not even a, that's something you were controlling that's a fine <laughs> all right well that'll a bit wrap things up Doily's got to get into a podcast apparently it's an emergency <laughs> so uh, yeah that'll be it too make sure you're there Saturday night Doily I know you'll be watching I'll be down there and uh, looking forward to hopefully running into some rock fans down there and uh, if you're down there, make sure you're loud and uh, cheer with that uh, rock pride that we know that uh, everybody will bring down to the rink there in Buffalo. So uh, we will be back to break it all down next week and hopefully be talking about game one of the NLL Cup, which will be in Toronto should the rock advance the East team, Buffalo or Toronto. 
uh, will be the host. Uh, they will host games one and three in the NLL Cup Finals. And uh, we're hoping that game, of course, is in Toronto next weekend. Anything else to add to it, or are we good? No, enjoy the game. And like you said, be loud and proud. Great, great opportunity for the Rock. I really can't wait. All right, that'll about do it. In the meantime and in between time for Colin Doyle, I am Mike Hancock saying that's it, that's all. Another edition of Toronto Rock Total Access is in the bag. We will chat next week. Rock up.